I am... I've just got you to take your seat for the last session, but I'm actually going to get you to stand um, as I speak a psalm over us and just dedicate this last time um, to what it is that the Lord wants to seal on us today. This is Psalm 24. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all those who dwell. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the rivers. And so who shall ascend the hill of the Lord and who shall stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not lift up his soul to what is false, who does not swear deceitfully, he will receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek the face of the God of Jacob. And so lift up your heads, gates. Be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O gates, and lift them up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? He's the Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. And so, King of glory, we declare this ground to be your ground. And we declare these people to be your people, these hearts to be your hearts. We ask and we pray that in a way only you can do, that you would bring what we can't buy, and that is your presence. I pray your presence over Terry as he shares this final word with us. We stand against anything that would want to steal, kill, or destroy that word. And instead, we ask that the great God who is alive and well and roaring like a lion, desperate to be heard, to advance something new and herald something new in this day and age. Would you come and rule and dictate this atmosphere? In the power of your name, for the glory of your Son. Amen. Thanks, Sarah. I feel uh, so much at home uh, being with you in Melbourne. Because when we started, it was a little cloudy. And then we had thunder and lightning and rain. Then we, did we have hail? We had hail. And then it began to clear up. Now we're heading to the beach, huh? No, no. By the way, we live in Chico, California. And uh, in Chico, California, is about 30 or 40 minutes from those fires. And uh, it is horrendous what's happening right now in California. And, uh, and yet, God's actually mobilizing the church and doing some really important things there with that. So we would appreciate your prayers. Uh, we're spared. We're fine. And uh, part of Robin's family, her sister, actually, their place... The fire came right up to the back deck, and they made a stand, and were able to save the, ho- save the house. So, pretty amazing, pretty amazing. And, you know, uh, while we were suffering for Jesus on the uh, South Bank for f- about four days this week, here, my Lord, send me, you know, at the Langham, that was a tough go. Uh, I had to do it for you. Uh, we began to, Robin and I began to think about this whole idea of how God moves and works and what he's done in our lives over the last 30 years. It's amazing, but in reality, um, it was incredibly hard to leave. Now, what you need to know is that um, it's possible for husbands and wives, if you're married in here, to not be on the same page. possible and God doing a a new work but a different work actually it's the same work he's just taking different trajectories sometimes to get you there and so when uh, Robin was praying and she's okay that I confess this for her uh, Robin was praying that our visas wouldn't go through up to the moment when we're driving to the airport 
Yeah. 30 years ago. Not, lots of growth since then. 30 years ago. All right. Let's get that clear. And uh, I was all excited, as you might have picked up, wanting to, to do this. But it was interesting through the time um, when we got to the end, she didn't want to come home because this has felt a lot now like home. And I didn't want to come home because I prayed, Lord, I would love to see what I've seen in Acts someplace. And I don't know what you're doing here, but I want to be a part of it. And his choice was back to the States. And it's actually at the States where I was able to start culling the things that we learned here putting them together and recognizing we don't actually work on us. We're not going to see anything change in the world. And so personal renewal precedes and leads to corporate change is actually uh, my one message. Now you say, oh, great, where are we going in the next 55 minutes? But, that, but we're going to the tool God most often uses because you may want renewal, you may desire a new work from God, you might actually also um, be set yourself up for a new work from God and still hold God at advance. In fact, it's kind of like this. Oh, God, I want you so much. Please come. See the other hand? Please come, God. Oh, yes, God. And you'll hold him off. So one more time, look at the person next to you and say, I've seen you do that. Just say that. I've seen you do that. (laughs) How is that possible? We went to Mark Sayers' talk on renewal. How is that possible? I mean, I can now logically see it all. No, no. Transformation starts with the heart. And sometimes that heart is rebellious. In fact, most times that heart is rebellious. And by the way, God wants to move in on you more than you want him to. Just thought I'd confess that for you too, all right? That This is not an issue of he's not able to work, or this is not an issue that he does not want to work. This is an issue of us surrendering to his work and allow him to do that. And so what we've recognized down through the years is there's a tool God uses to help actually stop us when we won't stop. And actually confront us when we choose to not deal with truth, and actually cause us to go to a new place, even at times when we feel like we can't get there, it won't work, or we don't want to go there. And this little tool is called a transition, a transition. God takes all Christ followers through transition moments. In fact, it's one of the most important tools he uses in renewal. And in a transition, God wants in and we want out. And so in this last session, what I want to talk about is this concept of transitions. Because there's no doubt that many of you are and displaying a hungry heart. A.W. Tozer, thirsty hearts are those whose longings have been awakened by a touch of God within. It is a holy restlessness that there is something more. It's like a whisper. It's, it's like you knowing and him saying, there's something more. Something beyond where you are right now. There will come a day when the wine will run out. 
You remember that story, don't you? John chapter 2. There'll come a day when <clears throat> um, all of a sudden you'll get to the end of your abilities. Maybe today, maybe later. There'll come a time when you'll hit the limits of your, excuse me, of your past renewal. And in your past renewal, the, the quickening of God in your heart before. By the way, leaders and individuals who finish well experience ongoing personal renewal. Not once, many times. They are lifelong learners. Leaders who finish well actually go through a series of paradigm shifts en route to finishing well. You're going to have to look at yourself and God differently if you get to the end and hear well done. And so part of that is as you reach these limits of your abilities, as you go past your renewal, you also have to face the temptation of being the professional Christian and just now fit into what Mark tells us and spoke to us so great about in terms of just the Christian culture as much as the other culture. And by the way, when God interrupts, he's going to do it using those things. And it's not going to be because, really, you don't believe in him. A transition occurs because he loves you. And if he doesn't break in, you would become stuck. He's got to get you moving. And in that process of moving, it's not about disobedience, even sometimes, or rebellion, or even hidden sin. And it's not because you lack the ability or skills to actually do something. It's because God needs to take you to a new place. And there are three of these that occur during our lifetime. Somewhere in the 20s to 30s, there's something called the awakening transition. And in the awakening transition, God is actually pushing you to start clarifying, so what is the direction of your life? Where are you headed? What are you living for? What is most important? And are you going to actually now move deeper into his plans for your life. The awakening transition is a lot about saying yes. Starting to say yes to some key experiences. Starting to put yourself in a place where you're actually growing, learning. A place where you're actually trying to experiment with potentially how God wants to use you. And as you do, as you step out, he takes you deeper. As he takes you deeper, he begins to clarify your values. What's most important? I want you to lean over to the person next to you. What's one core value that you have? Core values have to do with the summation of your life lessons. What's most important? Most people don't know their values. And therefore, it's hard to understand their contribution. In fact, most conflicts in teams happen over values, not vision. Hmm. So God moves in. And tries to go after. So what's most important? What have I entrusted to you in your experiences? How do your experiences line up? Apologies for those who heard this story before, but bottom line is um, I pastored the church I grew up in and had to do a funeral of a family who was in ministry and their son has died. I went over to their house afterwards and the mother introduced me to her friend. And when she introduced me to her friend, she said, this is Terry. This is who I 
This is, he's our pastor. Now, I was 28, and they were 50 or 60, and it was still hard for me to understand how she could call me pastor. Because, see, to be honest with you, my journey coming out of that, those three stories I told you made me have to start owning the fact that I live for approval. What you think of me is actually sometimes more important than what Jesus thinks of me. And that's what the Lord was going after in those stories. Because I was a little boy that got lost by a dad who oftentimes could never say, well done. And I began to kind of, kind of waver and I thought, okay, here's what she's going to say since I'm a young pastor, Terry's sermons. You know, trying to be a preacher, God's word. 28 years old, pastoring a church, your parents, oh, for, anyways. <laughs> and bottom line, she didn't say that. She said, Terry loves people. And that's what we love about him the most. Hmm. It was like God just sent a knife into my heart. Terry, be yourself. You know what one of my values is? Be yourself. Be who God's made you to be. Values will help you decide key things. You don't have to be in your 20s and 30s to decide those. Sometimes God uses those, that, that clarification later on. But you're saying yes to assignments. In fact, what God's doing is he's clarifying your calling. Who are you and where are you headed? That's issues of identity. Some of you right now, that's being clarified. Somewhere in the mid-game, there's another transition. It's called deciding. And it's uniqueness of choices. Of all the things you could do, what should you do? And actually, how do you say no so you can say yes? Look at the person next to you and say, I've been wondering that about you. When are you going to start saying no? Just say that. I've been wondering about that. You're so busy. Look back at your friend and say, I've been wondering when you're going to say yes. When will you finally step up? Yes. No. And you don't have any grid to decide what is the things you should do and not do. So everything comes through. That's deciding. Deciding is going after something called contribution. Deciding, yep, I'm sorry about that. It just went bye-bye. I'm having a wonderful time with my clicker. And God, what'd you say? Yeah, and I think we're okay, but we'll go back at it. There we go. Are we on? Sure we are. Yeah, there it is. A grid to say no, and it's about the issue we're working on there is contribution. Tomorrow I want to talk about Peter's transition and the question of do you love me for those that are coming to red. And contribution has to do with your unique contribution. Of all the things you could do, what should you do? And how do you determine that? That's the mid-game transition. And then there's a final transition or a third transition. And the third transition is what we call the finishing transition. Contribution transition, the deciding happens 40s to 50s. The finishing transition happens oftentimes 60s to 70s. For many of you, it's out ahead. For some of you, it's out way ahead. For some of you, I can look at your head and tell it's right now. Thought I'd slide that baby right in there, all right? (laughs) And finishing doesn't mean finished. It's the setup for the end game. It's this idea of convergence. It's this idea, for this I was born. And you finally realizing you do not need position to execute influence. 
fact, influence is an issue of spiritual authority. So it's your walk with Jesus and you stewarding your experiences to others so that they can do it better. That's convergence. Convergence is the collision of being and doing. Where you're the resource now. And we need you. We need us. We're in that game. Calling, contribution, convergence. Three transitions. And not just simply because of age. Partner, go with your partner one more time, just for a second. And say, where are you? Which one are you, do you think you're in? Age will kind of tip it, but just in case. Go, just talk for a second. Where are you in the journey? Decision making. Say yes or no. Decision making. Say yes or no. You're not finished. <laughs> by the way, by the way, there's no, just to hold it out, there's no such thing as retirement. Some of you are hoping and holding out for that. Some of you older ones, there's no such thing as retirement. Nice try. That's called heaven and going home, and, but I don't think that's even going to be retirement. And for those of you in calling, you can actually... Blame everyone else uh, for why you can't do it and why you shouldn't step up. It's time for you to step up and step into what God has for you. And by the way, those of you in contribution, you've got to quit blaming your family and the other people around you on why you can't actually make the hard choices you need to to move more into what God has. By the way, it's going to take choices mid-game people, you can't duck that. You got to decide what it is you really want to do ultimately with your life. Now, right now, this all sounds wonderfully academic. Oh, there's these three things. That's very helpful, Terry, sort of. You know, when will this be over and how can we get going? You know, Until you get into one of these things, these things called transitions. Transition is an in-between time in a leader's development, and it's actually an in-between time in a church's development, too. Red is in a transition. Red is going to a new place. Red has a calling on this church. Red needs those who are within red to not actually push the responsibility of taking us there onto the leaders and inherit the need for renewal themselves. And, and the question is not whether you're going to go through transitions personally, and now the church is. The question is, will the transition have gone through you? Because here's an interesting thing. Transitions take three months to three years. Look at the person next to you and say, he could have gone all day without saying that one. Three months. We're not talking about a bad weekend. We're not talking about a rough day at work. We're not talking about a fallout with the friends. We're talking about a period of time when God starts to do some deeper work. 
You remember deep and why wasn't it so fun to sing that? Not really, but remember deep and why? This is one of the tools he uses to take you deep. Because here's what a transition is. You don't know where you're going, but you know you can't go back to where you've been. Hello? You don't know where you're going, but you can't go back to where you've been. Here are some of the characteristics. Oh, these are wonderful. Restlessness. Confusion. Self-doubt. Lack of motivation. Paralysis. Inactivity. Prolonged uncertainty. And diminished confidence. You might say, well, that's normal life, Terry. What are you talking about here? And, and you might even say, hey, isn't that some of the depression signals that people go through? And the answer is yes, some of those characteristics are related to depression. But we're looking at this on the spiritual development side. And on that side of the equation, the restlessness that you feel and that you can't get an answer and the fact that it doesn't go away no matter how much you try says something else may be going on. If you're in a transition, just knowing it has a name is incredibly helpful. Because you think either you're losing it or you're losing him. Now get ready for this. One of the things that happens in a transition is God goes He goes quiet. You can't hear him like you used to. He's not speaking as loud as he used to. In the beginning part of our journey, in case you were asleep, I wanted to share this with you. In the beginning part of our journey, what really happens is God is so loud and so clear. Come follow me. I love you. No, he doesn't do quite the American thing, but you know. Somewhere in the mid-game, it's weird. He starts to kind of talk like this. I love you. We'll even do that in the early game. In fact, where's that place that was left? I think so. Would you want to? I only got 20 more minutes, so it'll, it'll be over soon. You know? Yeah, I, love, I love you. He goes quiet. You know why? Voice recognition. You searching for his voice and not your own. Not your pride, not your ambition, not your pathology, not any of that stuff. His voice. John 10 says, my sheep know and hear my voice, and they follow. In the depth of that, he takes you to a new place with you and him. By the way, this thing is always going to return back to love. And it's always going to involve trust. It's always going to come back to a fresh encounter how much he actually loves you, even though it's so hard to believe it sometimes. God, don't you realize the kind of person I really am? And you know what he says? Yes, and I love you. In fact, I made you. You've been fearfully and wonderfully made. So those characteristics hang around for a while in a transition. I want to share one more key thought with you is how they occur. But I'd like you to go back to a friend and just say, hmm, what are you hearing? Are you in a transition? All right, here's why we talk about this subject. 
Personal renewal precedes and leads to corporate change. Your renewal is the key to Red's renewal or the church that you attend. What happens in you actually is one of the keys to what can happen in us. And one of the ways that God breaks in to initiate renewal is transitions. He puts you in the in-between. And he uses that to help sort out some things. Sort out those values. He uses this to help bring closure to some issues you're going to leave open. He's going to actually use this to help to speak to your identity, who you are and who you're not. And are you okay with that? By the way, a guy named Edwin Friedman, who wrote a a book, The Failure of Nerve, he is a Jewish rabbi who made application of family systems to churches and synagogues to find the leaders this, a self-defined person with a non-anxious presence. When I say self-defined, I don't mean self-centered. You know who you are, and you know who you're not, and you're finally okay. And brothers and sisters, if we're going to move into renewal, you better be self-defined. Because every force is coming against the leaders. Especially in this culture and the tall poppy. Everything's coming after you. So you need to know who you are. And be at peace with that. Because if you're anxious... We can't go to the new place for God. We have to straighten you out as leader. By the way, look at the person next to you and say, I've seen a lot of churches do that to leaders. Just say that. I've seen a lot of churches try to straighten out leaders. Maybe you haven't. But if you haven't, I just want to tell you it's out there. And one other thing he's doing is he's signaling where he's taking you next. He's signaling where he's taking you next. So when I began to integrate leadership development and our, with mentoring and coaching, we began to realize there's a pattern to how these things occur. And it actually, it's like this cycle. And in this cycle, there are four major stages to a transition. The first stage is going to sound pretty basic, but the first stage is what's called the entry phase. Oftentimes, you do not know you're in a transition till you're well into it. Isolation is often one of the tools that's an indicator. Isolation processing is you being all alone even if you're in a crowd. And I'm not talking about personality types there. You feeling like everything's happening for everyone else but not me. Crisis, life conflict can all kick you into the reality there is something going on and I need to find out what it is. And that's this idea of evaluation. At some point in time, you realize this is not going away. Now, a lot of times people at evaluation, because they don't want to look at it, they medicate. They medicate on work. They medicate on gadgets. They medicate on holidays. And they medicate on relationships. Because they don't want to take a look at what might be inside and the deeper work God's doing. But as they are willing to take a look at it, that leads to a time of alignment. Alignment is another word for surrender. God begins to show you something. You begin to say, yes, that's true. And true repentance is agreeing with him. I don't want that to be me anymore. Please forgive me. By the way, forgiveness is about sins, but deep forgiveness is about asking God to forgive you for the type of person 
you continually see yourself being. That's the flesh-spirit battle in Romans 8. Now, the next stage of it is actually the stage called direction. Most Christians would rather, okay, I'm in a transition, let's get the direction and let's go on. No, I want you to notice these, these arrows here. Most of the time is spent what I call under the water line, where you feel like you're almost drowning. And everyone else is going on, and you're going nowhere. In fact, you may be going down. And what happens is you evaluate, and you give it to Jesus, and you think, okay, formula, Give it to Jesus, I get the goodies. Only to find out you go back to evaluation. Okay, I evaluate, I give it to Jesus. Give me the goodies, only to find this is a broken record. We keep go- records are things we used to. Oh, yeah, yeah, all right. <laughs> back and forth, back and forth. God does a needed work. God does a deeper work. And that deeper work, sometimes he's actually going after things you don't know are even present. Oftentimes, it's the net result of the pathology or the thing that life's done to you as you try to live life, including things that were done to you that should never have been done. And it's hard. And just about the time you think it's never going to actually end. Whoops, sorry. I got a little carried away. Up it goes. (laughs) Almost was like the rapture. Boom. (laughs) Direction. Direction. Hmm. But it's interesting. Notice direction is a full phase. How does direction start? You just get these little destiny experiences. Ah, I get it. And then you're on. And then all of a sudden it moves to what's called destiny revelation where it's, ah, I get it. And the dots begin to connect. And then it moves to destiny fulfillment. Ah, I get it. Now I know what I got to do. All taking you to the very end, and something called faith challenge. You're not going to get out of a transition without trusting God in new ways. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. But the reason you trust him in new ways is because now you're convinced, because of all this time down here, that it's him at work, not just you. By the way, faith challenge is what's called a process item. And here's my technical definition of a faith challenge. You get way out on a limb, and you hear a faint sawing sound behind you. (laughs) Oh, God. I want to run to that truck so bad. Because the only thing worse than not knowing what God wants you to do is knowing. (laughs) But guess what? The transition is over. And out you go. Back into the stream. Quit fighting Jesus. And join him in his work. Quit fighting him and get all you can out of the transition. Because when it's over, it's over. And you have what you have. Hmm. Last time, then I'm going to close. Back to your partner. What do you see in this? Are you in a transition and where are you? Ready to go.
Um, I would love to just call you to be brave a little bit um, and just would love to see because really one of the key, key reasons God takes me anywhere is to tell people about this thing called transitions because leaders and passionate Christ followers get lost in transitions en route to doing something for God they forget to go deeper with God and so they get lost so I want to call you to be brave just for a second if you think you might be in a transition or if you think you are in a transition or if you think you weren't in a transition till this talk and now you are in one <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to have you just slip up your hand if that's possible. Wow. Wow. Half the room. Wow. Hang in there. Hang in there. God's doing a work. He's not picking on you. And he hasn't left you. Die. Go deep. Go into him. Change your practices. Install new rhythms. Find somebody that will help you process it. Somebody will walk with you and not solve you or solve it. By the way, friends, one of the worst things you can do for another friend who's in a transition is try to solve it and give them the quick, thick answer. Because God's doing a deeper work. The best thing you can do for your friends is help them by asking them questions of what God's doing and how he's working. So try new practices. Make sure you're, you can try to find a coach that will help you. And the third thing is Allow for times of silence and even solitude, which for the Western culture is countercultural. See if you can get away and do the thing that's so hard to do and be okay with just being silent with him. You might find a voice you've never heard before. There's never been a time God hasn't been at work shaping your life. The question is not whether God's at work shaping your life. It's what is he at work doing. And the greater question is not what is he at work doing. Is do you have the courage to join him in that work? Even as he takes you to the place you've not been before. Three final comments. When I was praying for the trip and I was praying for Red and I was praying for this time, I love what's going on here. It's not perfect. Look at the person next to say, Red isn't perfect. Just confess that, okay? Red isn't perfect. Uh, that just plays into your Aussie on that one. That plays into your negativity. It's not perfect. But it's good. But there's a new work going on, and I asked the Lord, and it was interesting. It came, these three statements came back to me, and then I dug them out, and they're actually in an approach, especially in times of transition but renewal, that helps to catalyze greater renewal and greater voice recognition. So I want to encourage you with these three, and then I'll sit down. I want to encourage you to have a sovereign mindset. I want to encourage you to break out of situational thinking and move toward a sovereign mindset. See your life with the big picture. We live situationally. God calls us to live sovereignly. There's a bigger story and a greater work in each of our lives. And remember the line, the prize of surrender is revelation. Second thing, 
Self, whoa, self-leadership. Self-leadership. What is self-leadership? I want to call you to take responsibility for your own journey and not cast it on the church. I want to call you to recognize that sometimes in some things you must behave your way into the change. It takes obedience. Self-leadership. If you take responsibility for your own growth, I'm not saying take it out of the hands of the Holy Spirit. What I am saying is putting it in your hands and then you giving it again to the Holy Spirit who leads you and guides you into all truth. And then begin to recognize spiritual authority. What do I mean by that? Begin to live by a different power base. Quit living off of your natural abilities. Now, God will use those. And quit living off of just your acquired skills. Live out of your deeper intimacy. Allow God to show you a new way. Believe that you don't have all the answers. By the way, you don't get to clarity alone. So you're going to need each other because we're in for a wild ride ahead. But quit resting on relationship. Uh, quit resting on even the idea of position. And quit, quit using knowledge as an excuse. I don't know enough, therefore I can't minister for him. I haven't been trained. And move instead into a new place with him. And let him grant you an authority to see the kingdom come and his will be done here in Melbourne as it is in heaven. Blessings. Can we give Terry a grateful round of applause? What we really wanted to do, um, just to seal what's happened here today, is to spend some time in worship. As we lead into that space, um, I just, I felt there were three particular groups of people that the Spirit was particularly ministering to, and um, the first one has got to do with the fact that there are so many stories in this room. A lot of life has been in this room, and if you felt from today a sense of affirmation around your story and what it is that the Lord has taken you through. I'm just going to get you to stand up. The second group that I, that I felt was that there is a collective of people that the Lord is actually giving a really clear writing on the wall invitation to, to trust him. not as some nefarious mental ascent, but a life that is postured to trust, a step of obedience. It could be to look at some deep pain that you can't run away from and the Lord isn't letting you run away from because it will harm you or harm others with what he's got in your future. It could be to uh, move forward in something, but whatever it is, if you feel that the Lord is asking of you a clear invitation to trust him, and have a new um, dose of courage. I'm going to get you to stand as well. Wow, that's the majority. And the third group is, I think probably for the rest of us, doesn't, doesn't have to be, but I just felt like the Lord just proclaimed his gospel over us this afternoon. This is not a new story. This is the same story from the same God who is the same yesterday, today and forever. That it's never about 
what you have to do. It's all about a Lord, as Isaiah says, who will command peace for us because he has indeed already done all our works. And so if you feel that you've felt the gospel come and minister to you afresh, I'm going to invite you to stand as well. And I'm going to pray over us. Jesus, you are such a sovereign, gracious, kind, loving king. We are so grateful for who you are. We are so grateful that you uh, insist on doing certain things in our lives because of your zeal and your jealous love for us, that you will not compromise. And I want to pray a special blessing over each person standing here this afternoon. You know their stories. You know the hidden places. You know the parts that so few other people have seen, but you and the zeal of the love in your eyes has seen every step and every part. And that as this great potter, the clay that is on that wheel, is still spinning and is still turning, and you are turning this into a masterpiece. Each one of us standing, Father, wants to be vessels, to be emptied, to be filled by you and you alone. And so we collectively stand to cry out for what we cannot bring ourselves. And that is more of your presence, more of your healing, more of your renewal and more of your authority. And so this great work that you've begun in us, thank you that is your promise that you will carry it to completion and we thank you for the hope and the courage that has been ministered to us today in the power of your wonderful name amen